الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون صدق الله العلي العظيم My dear respected, most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. First of all, we humbly begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique and wonderful opportunity on a beautiful day, the best of days, the leader of days, to congregate in His house to worship him to glorify him and ultimately to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we pray that allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such wonderful amazing opportunities for us in the future we <coughs> have just entered into uh, a new year not only a new year but a new decade uh, and with each passing Year, with each passing month, week, day, every moment that goes by is a moment that's gone. It's in the past. It's a moment that we'll never be able to get back. And that's why in Islam it's imperative that our actions are always, uh, always the precursor in terms of how we're going to be judged on Yom Al-Akhir. On the last day. This is why our actions are given so much importance. They have so much significance within our tradition. Because a good action is one that in the, in, in, in the future you're, gonna, you're going to remember it fondly in the past. It's an action that in the past you're going to be rewarded for in the future, in the, in the afterlife. However, a bad action, a bad word, hurting someone, abusing someone... A small, even the smallest of misdeeds is going to be one that you're going to look back towards the end of your life and think that's something that I regret. And the Prophet ﷺ, he informed us quite explicitly that there is not a human being except when he dies. There's not a single human being who dies except that he has some regrets. And the companions asked him, مَا نَدَامَتُهُ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Now what's his regret, O Messenger of Allah? What's the regret going to be? And the regret, the Prophet ﷺ responded that if he was good, and if he had good deeds, and if he had accumulated good deeds throughout his life, he's going to regret not being able to do more. If on the other hand, he had accumulated bad deeds throughout his life, he wasn't a good person, he was an evil personality, then he's going to have those regrets that he wasn't able to cover them, cover those faults with doing more good deeds. He wasn't able to stop. And this is something that each and every one of us as human beings is going to go through. As you leave this year behind, it's imperative that you think of this as a fresh start, a new beginning. Some of us may have lost personalities throughout this year, throughout this last year. We may have lost loved ones, relatives, friends, family members. 
And maybe we ourselves won't be here, some of us, when 2021 comes knocking on our doors in a year's time. So it's imperative that we make each and every moment count. Because as Muslims, we need that. And this is what I'm going to stress on in my talk today, inshallah. That as Muslims, we don't talk about the past. We're not people who live in the past. And we're not people who just anticipate the future and forget about everything else. No. We're people who live in the present. We live in the moment. We take each and every moment as a moment in order for us to reach closer or to, to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every moment that goes by and we don't get closer to Allah, we don't do something good, we don't try to emulate the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. is a moment that we have lost and it's a moment that we'll never be able to get back. In the verse of the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in, 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 in Surah Al-Hashr, Surah 59, uh, in, in, in uh, verse 18 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says And let every soul look to what he has put forth for tomorrow and then fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So everything that you do now is something that you're going to be judged for tomorrow and by tomorrow لغدين, here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to say that on Yom Al-Akhir, on the last day, one of the tenets of our belief, belief in the last day, أَمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And the last day, everything that you put forward now, you take, you do now, you're going to be judged for on that day. إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ And indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is well acquainted with that, with, with, with whatever you do. He's acquainted with your actions. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, he says something quite, quite prudent, something which, which, which each and every one of us can, can benefit from. He says that, call yourself to account before you, before, take yourself, take account of yourselves before you're taken account of. <coughs> so start taking yourselves into account before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yom al-Akhir cause you to account and weigh your good deeds before your good deeds or weigh your deeds now before your deeds are weighed on that day so look at yourself now remonstrate with ourselves and say look have I achieved something significant this last year this last decade these moments that have gone by have I uh, ensured that I've become a better person as a result of this last year or the good deeds that I've accumulated throughout this year or do we have regrets because either way it doesn't stop if we had good deeds that we've accumulated over 2019 then the target now is to increase in those good deeds come 2020 and if we hadn't accumulated any good deeds and we were bad we had bad deeds throughout all of 2019 then now is an opportunity first and foremost to seek forgiveness from Allah, to seek forgiveness from those who you, whom you may, who you may have wronged, and then make an intention, a sincere intention, intention to do as much good come this following year. This should be the emphasis of each and every one of us. Sayyidina Umar is saying that whenever you do any deed, even before you do any deed, 
you call yourself to account. Is your deed going to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If there's something that you're, going to, you're about to do or you're going to do and you make an intention to do it, first and foremost you should think to yourself, is this deed going to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If the answer is yes, then go ahead and do it. If the answer is no, then stay away from it. Are your words that you speak, are those words going to be words of khair, of good? If so, then speak them. If not, then remain silent. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, Be, speak well. Speak well or remain silent. If you have nothing good to say, then don't say anything at all. Are your words going to harm someone? Are they going to hurt someone's feelings? If so, if the answer to that question is yes, then stop yourself. One of the most difficult things to do, by the way. Controlling your tongue. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, that whoever can, can guarantee me that which is between his, his two lips, whoever can guarantee me that which, was, which is between his two lips, I guarantee that individual Jannah. As in whoever can control their tongue, the Prophet ﷺ said, I guarantee that that individual will enter into Jannah. Because that's one of the most difficult things to do. When you're angry and you want to express your anger, and one of the foremost ways that we express our anger is verbally. And most of the time when you're angry, you have that red haze. You have no, sometimes you have no idea what you're saying. And in almost every case, you look back on those, on, on those moments with great regret. And you think, I shouldn't have said that. Nobody has ever regretted staying silent in those moments. You always regret those things that you say. Those words that came out of your mouth that harmed somebody else, that's what you're going to regret. You're never going to regret your, your silence in moments of anger. You're, you're going to look back and say, SubhanAllah, Allah protected me that day. I didn't say anything. I remained silent. I didn't hurt anyone. I didn't abuse someone. When I was riled up, when I could have done so. So it's imperative. Sayyidina Umar is saying, monitor your deeds. Take yourself into account. And this, this increases one's discipline as well. When we monitor ourselves, when we look at those things. And this is when we teach our young children the difference between, between good and evil, between right and wrong from a young age. What in essence we're teaching them is to learn how to take account of themselves. To learn how to do that which is right. To refrain from doing that which is wrong. Enjoining good and forbidding evil which the Quran commands us to do. Which we as an ummah are informed of and we're told that this is, this is essentially what your duty is. This is your role, this is your responsibility. <coughs> Excuse me. This is your role, this is your duty, this is your job. To do good, to enjoin good and prohibit and forbid evil. If we do that, if we keep checking our words, we keep checking our actions and we keep um, you, you know, uh, our intentions are always in check, then our account is always going to be good. It's always going to be good. It's like, you know, when you have money in your bank, right, and you start spending the money from that bank, bank account, right, everyone has a bank account, and everyone loves to spend, right, and say you have a certain number in that bank account, and you know that eventually that money is going to run around, you don't have an endless supply of cash in that bank account. One day that's going to finish. 
If you decide to spend, spend, spend and never look into the account to see how much money you have remaining and just live for now and do whatever you want with all of your money, eventually you're going to run out. But if on the other hand you're constantly checking your account, you're constantly checking your balance, you're on your, your app, on your phone, right? Logged in, how much money do I have today? How much money do I need for this? Where are my di- direct debits going to come from? Where are they going to go? Where is the next transaction coming into my account? How much is it going to be? Is it going to be enough? If you're doing that, you're always going to stay on top of things, right? You're not going to run out of money carelessly. You're not going to spend carelessly. You're always going to be keeping account of yourself. This is exactly what we should be doing with our actions. Because our good deeds, they too need to be monitored. Our bad deeds, they too need to be monitored. The Prophet, the, the Quran tells us, that you want to wipe away your sins, then do good. This is one of the ways, you know, when people uh, seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do istighfar, say I've accumulated so many bad deeds and I need to seek forgiveness. One of the ways that we can, uh, we can pay for those bad deeds is by replacing them with good deeds, by replacing them with good actions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is commanding us to be sensitive, to be sincere about our actions. So, you're not, you're not just thinking about tomorrow and you're not dwelling on the past. You're, you're, you're focusing on the present and right now. So this is, this is incredibly important when we enter into this new year. That we've, we've got endless bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted to us. Endless opportunities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted to us to do good. You know, people when they think about doing good, we always think about the grand gestures. Right? The big deeds, the large deeds, you know, how much can I give in charity? You know, if I can give a thousand pounds in charity, two thousand pounds in charity, if I can make a grand gesture and change somebody's life. But we, fo- we, we, we focus on those grand gestures and we forget about the little smaller, smaller deeds. The Prophet wasallam said that the best of actions are, th- are those that may be small but they are continuous. Consistency. Bring that consistency, bring that discipline back into your lives. Do those small deeds, whether that small deed be opening the door for somebody when you come into the masjid, or uh, honoring your parents, going to visit your parents if you're living away from them. And when you visit your parents, looking at them with a smile, subhanAllah, the Prophet said, just looking at your parents with a smile, you get the reward that is equal to one hajj and one umrah. SubhanAllah, just looking at them with fondness. A companion then questioned, what if I looked at my parents with, with fondness, with, with kindness, a hundred times a day? And the Prophet said, you'll get the reward of a hundred times. As in, you'll get the reward of a hundred hajj and a hundred umrahs. Those small deeds that we take for granted, just clearing up something harmful from the past. You go outside and on your street, somebody's left some rubbish outside, somebody's throwing something out of their window, just picking that up and throwing it into the bin. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture, very small. But that's a part of your iman. Your iman is encouraging you to do that. The Prophet wasallam said, that iman is, is like a tree. It has 60 or 70 branches of faith. The highest and uppermost branch is to say, La ilaha illallah. Right? That's the, the pinnacle of Iman, the pinnacle of faith. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Wa adnaha, 
and the lowest branch is imatatul adha'an al-tariq removing something harmful from the path that's a sign of your iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so doing something as small or you may think as small is as small as and, and, and as trivial is azan it's not something that is that is insignificant don't think for one moment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not watching your deeds Allah don't think for one moment that the angel that's sitting on your right shoulder and he's writing down your good deeds he's only writing down your grandiose gestures don't think he's sitting there saying when he gives a, a, a thousand pounds in charity that's when I'll write it down five pound a month doesn't mean anything to me no he's writing everything down all of your good deeds and in exactly the same way that's why we have to take ourselves into account we have to continue to monitor ourselves because the, the angel that's sitting on our left shoulder he's writing down even the smallest of misdeeds so constantly check yourselves constantly remonstrate with yourselves is this deed that I'm doing or this thing that I've done is it going to cause harm to somebody else we just spoke about picking up litter that, that someone has thrown out of the window and putting it into the bin that's a sign of your iman but what if, what if you're that individual who's in the car and is throwing that out of the window don't be that individual either you may think that's something trivial but you might, you might be causing harm or causing an inconvenience or being an inconvenience to someone else and this is what being a Muslim is all about being a Muslim is never, has never been about being about those grand gestures it's all about doing those small deeds and, const- and, and, and over time accumulating a large amount of good deeds because that's ultimately what you're going to be uh, judged on on Yom Al-Qiyamah Sayyidina Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr listen to this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sayyidina Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr he reports from his father that anna rajulan qala anna rajulan qala ya rasulallah ayyu nasi khayr he reports from his father that a man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said ya rasulallah o messenger of Allah which people are the best of people Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Man tala umuruhu wa hasuna amalu That individual whose, whose life is long and whose conduct is good He's the best of people So who throughout his life has remained, has, has, has been consistent and has, a, has adopted a good character and good conduct throughout his life and his life is long they're the best of people because they've accumulated the most amount of good deeds and they're by far the best of you and that individual then asked قال فأي الناس الشر then which of the people are the worst of people O Messenger of Allah and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said من طال عمره وساء أمله that individual whose life is long but whose conduct has always been bad, whose conduct has been evil, because he's had his entire life of bad conduct among the people, and he's accumulated such a magnificent amount of bad deeds, that it's almost impossible for him to be considered anything but evil, anything but bad. So it's imperative that we're among those, the, the first individuals, who our lives are long, and we've accumulated a good amount of good deeds, or a good number of good deeds 
throughout our lives. Sayyidina Abu Hurair radiallahu ta'ala an, and listen to this, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves no excuse for a person whom he delays, i.e. he allows him to live to the age of 60 years. This is a hadith reported in Bukhari. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves no excuse for that individual who is granted 60 years of life. Because he has given that individual an opportunity of 60 years to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with good deeds. So therefore that individual can have no excuse that he didn't have enough time. Sayyidina, uh, Imam Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani rahimahullah ta'ala on commentating upon this particular hadith in Bukhari, he mentions in his shah, in his commentary, he says that this means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have granted such a person an ample amount of time to live such that he could not reason, reasonably say that had I lived longer, I would have achieved such and such or I would have done such and such. A person who's lived 60 years is not going to think to himself, oh, well, you know what, I didn't have enough time. If only Allah had granted me more time, it wasn't enough for me to do good deeds. The life was too short for me. It just passed by in an instant and I wasted it, not doing good deeds. That individual will have no excuse. Therefore, when a, re- when a person reaches this age, Ibn Hajar states, then he must earnestly and sincerely repent. Because just as much he, uh, he may have collected a good amount of good deeds, he's also accrued a number of bad deeds throughout his 60 years. And he too needs to seek repentance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and utilize what is left of his life in the obedience of Allah azza wa jal. Ibn Battal, he states that, again in the commentary of this, he said, this is because at this age, one is most likely, you know, you're more closer to your death than you are, than you are to your birth. Right? Unless you're going to live over the age of 120. You know, Allah bless those who are going to live to that age. And Allah increase all of our lifespan. But very rarely does that happen. Right? You're closer to your death at the age of 60. And you've, you've been given every opportunity to do good, every opportunity to, to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I've spoken about this before. You know, Tawbah, the word Tawbah, do you know what it means? It means to retreat. It means to turn back. When we seek forgiveness or we seek Tawbah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we repent to Allah, what we're essentially what we're doing is turning back, leaving that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited, and turning back to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to do. That's why it's imperative that we take opportunities like this. A year has passed. We're into a new year, a new decade. Seek forgiveness first and foremost, sincerely, for that bad that you may have done over the last year, over the last decade. Sincerely apologize. And don't be afraid to shed a tear or two. And I've often said this before, that you know when we, when we wish to seek forgiveness from someone, and when we're sincere in our forgiveness, when we're sincere, we've wronged someone and we, sincere, we really want them to know that we're apologetic. We'll do whatever it takes, right? We'll beg, we'll get on our knees, we'll join our hands together, we'll cry, we'll beseech them and say, look, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have done that, I'm apologetic, I won't ever do it again. But yet we go throughout our lives doing so many bad deeds, turning away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doing those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, 
has prohibited us from. And yet, when, we, when, when it comes to seeking forgiveness, we think that we just have to say Astaghfirullah three times after Salah, and that's going to be enough for us. It just doesn't, it just doesn't correlate, does it? When we're seeking forgiveness from Allah, we just think that we just have to say Astaghfirullah, not mean it in our hearts. Not let that Astaghfirullah take over our bodies. Astaghfirullah. I seek forgiveness from Allah. All of those bad deeds that I've done, oh Allah, I'm begging you, I'm beseeching you, I'm crying, I'm wailing, I'm doing whatever it takes to get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me. That's why it's imperative that we take account of ourselves and we take these opportunities that we have in order to remonstrate with ourselves first and foremost and then approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, uh, for his forgiveness. There's, there's uh, one, of the, one of the great scholars of the past, I, 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 I can't recall his name, and he, he, he says, subhanAllah, he, he had lived for, uh, for 60 years, and he, he came across this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa This hadith where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that individual who's been granted 60 years of life, he has no excuses. He's, he's been given life to do good, he's been given an ample amount of time to seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he, he looked at this hadith, and he started wailing, he started crying to himself. And he said, woe to me, how, with what face can I meet my Lord? With what face can I, can I, can I see my Lord? Can I speak to my Lord? If I had only sinned one day, and he takes into account, he said, if I have sinned once a day throughout my life, if I had just committed one minor sin every single day for 60 years, I would have at least 20 21,300 sins that I would have accumulated over 60 years. That's just one sin every single day. And then he thinks to himself, he said, what if I had accumulated uh, uh, 10 sins or 100 sins every single day for 60 years? Which is more likely the number 10 small sins a day. He said it would be 10 times that amount. My maths is not too good, but 10 times 21,300, you can figure out for yourself. So that's a massive, a massive amount of bad deeds. And there's a way, you know, don't, don't, I, I'm not saying this to you so that you start to think, oh, well, there's no chance for me, right? It's a hopeless case. I'm a hopeless case. No. I don't want to, to make you despondent. I want to give you hope because that's essentially what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in the Quran. That remain hopeful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive all of your sins. All you need to do is turn back to him in repentance. All you need to do is ask him for his forgiveness and he will forgive you. But that's the thing that me and you, we're not doing often enough. We're not seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala often enough. And you know seeking forgiveness when we, when, when our children do, and our children are here today, when the children do something wrong, right? And, and we want to teach them that that action, that that action of theirs was wrong. And we, we want them to be apologetic. Do we just say to them, well, you have to apologize. And that's it. It's the end of that. So the child says, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry, dad. I'm sorry, mom. I shouldn't have done that. And that's it. It's the end of case. No, no. You teach them why it's wrong. And you tell them, that, look, an apology means that now you're saying sorry. But you're making a sincere intention that you're never ever going to do that again. 
And that's the, the apology, that's the, the, the sincerity that we need to adopt when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. We don't just say, Astaghfirullah, I'm sorry, O oh Allah, I seek forgiveness. Within that is an intention, a sincere intention, O oh Allah, I'm apologetic, I will never ever go anywhere near that action again. And then strive with every ounce of your energy, with every atom and fiber of your being to never ever go near that, near that action again. This is what being a Muslim is. A Muslim, you know, each uh, ibn Adam the Prophet said that every son of Adam is a sinner. Me and you, we commit sins. But none of us are sinless. We were born and, and into this world and we were given the title of, of Ma'soon, right? You, you, you're, you're free of sin. You can do whatever you wish. You're never going to accumulate any sins. No, we're sinners. That's essentially who we are. The Prophet said. But the best of the sinners are those who turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance. And the Prophet who was ma'asum, he didn't commit sins, he didn't disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even he says, I seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 100 times a day. 100 times a day. And who are you and I not to be doing that? Who are you and I to be proud of? Of who we are and what we've accomplished throughout our lives. We could always do more. When, you've, when you, you might have accumulated some good deeds. You might have done some, made some grand gestures that we spoke about. That doesn't mean that now you're free of doing any more good deeds. And you're free of, uh, of, of, of committing any bad deeds in the future. You've protected yourself. No. Your good deeds in the past... Do not serve as a protection against the bad deeds that you're going to commit in the future. No. There's still that, that, that chance there that you will. So constantly now live in the present and say, right now I'm not going to do this. Any action weighed up. Say, is this something that's going to be pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If so, then I'm going to do it. If it's displeasing to Allah, if it goes against the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, then I'm going to stay away from it. That's the best way to teach our children who are here today. The best way. The children are not going to learn from the books. They don't. You want your child to learn about the, the, the flawless, impeccable character of the Prophet wasallam. You're not going to give him Sahih al-Bukhari and say, here, read this. These are the statements, these are the actions and the approvals of the Prophet wasallam. Learn from them. No. How did the companions learn? The companions learned from the living example that was the Prophet wasallam. The Qudwatul Hasana of the Prophet They had that perfect manifestation of good character in front of them In order for them to learn And we too, if we want to teach our children How to do good deeds How to stop themselves from doing bad Because we're not, we can't stop our children never from doing any bad things in their life Because I've already stated, we're sinners, we're going to commit sin As our, as our, our children, they're going to commit sins too But they need to know from us how to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance. If you don't teach them today and teach them through your own actions, they're not going to know what to do in the future when they commit bad deeds, when they do something wrong. They're not going to think of turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance because they're not even going to know what astaghfirullah even means if they haven't learned it from you. So it's imperative that we, t- we take ourselves into account. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me a new tawfiq and the ability to act upon the noble teachings of, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to act 
upon the kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us, grant us all the opportunity before we pass away to sincerely seek repentance for, for the bad deeds that we've accumulated uh, throughout our lifetime. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all, uh, inspire each and every one of us to do good with the time that we have left upon this material plane. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah.